0: didgeridoo means it's time for the Australia News Desk. Here's two of the craziest guys we could find south of the equator. It's Steve Vischer and Grant McHaren from the Plain Crazy Down Under podcast.
1: Ahoy there, shiver me timbers, me old mateys The dateline today, it'd be 6th of October 2013. And how you be doing, Steve, be old salt?
0: Unbelievable, mate. And last week you were picking on me about talking about the football and here you are trying to go all nautical. What's the meaning of this? And what's the meaning of that
1: awful village people music running underneath this? Well I don't know, you're the one who selected the music. Mate. Oh yeah. I'll tell you <laughs> <what>. <laughs> Mate, it's been an incredible couple of weeks with the International Fleet Review just kicking off over the weekend that we've just finished. As we were mentioning previously, a couple of weeks ago, I got to uh, visit the HMS Daring, a very advanced stealth ship apparently is what they're calling it. But it's also uh, the air warfare ship of the uh, of the future of the uh, British Navy with an amazing um, anti-aircraft, anti-skimming uh, missile defense system that uh, actually gives the uh, American Aegis system a bit of a run for its money. Then Kathy got to do her media flight on a Taipan and go down and record some interviews with some of the, the Australians down at uh, Jarvis Bay getting ready for the review. And, uh, mate, I was actually up there on Friday up in Sydney and uh, scored uh, some interviews with the crew of a New Zealand Sea Sprite helicopter on one of their Anzac frigates and then got to watch the mass flyby and a few other things that went on in the morning on Saturday as the fleet sailed into the harbour.
0: Fantastic, mate. And uh, I didn't uh, have the opportunity to get up there to Sydney to witness that. That, but uh, although it was obviously, uh, you know, a naval review and celebrating the uh, 100th anniversary of the uh, Royal Australian Navy first sailing into Sydney Harbour as the uh, Royal Australian Navy kicked off, taking over responsibility, I guess, uh, from the British way back at that time, and uh, boy, have we had some ships from navies all around the world here, but uh, certainly from an uh, from an aerial standpoint, there was aircraft of all descriptions flying over Sydney. It must have looked rather spectacular.
1: Oh, mate, as you might expect, there were lots of helicopters, uh, a few sightseeing ones making use of the helicopter corridor or out through the harbour till they closed that down for the main uh, ceremonies to take place. We had uh, His Royal Highness uh, Prince Harry plus our Governor-General were on board HMAS Lewin. They took the ship out in position near the Opera House and uh, a couple of uh, long columns of ships came in through the heads and round the harbour and up and past uh, the Lewin for the Royal Salute. And uh, during that process we had a number of aircraft do formation flybys up the harbour. Uh, we had some Hornets and hawks do a formation fly past. There was the wedge tail. There were a collection of P-3 Orions, both Australian, Pakistani, and also a Kiwi one in there. Um, the formation of three three Australian P-3s was uh, a nice little echelon formation. Then we had, I uh, believe it was a Pakistani one, followed by the Kiwis. And then there was a whole lot of helicopters came through. I was, I was waiting to hear ride of the Valkyries. I tell you, it was a uh, bunch of uh, seahawks and then a whole lot of taipans and squirrels and some kiwis, the uh, Jetray. And uh, also some of the um, foreign helicopters were in. There was an American Seahawk and also the Lynx that uh, I had uh, been interviewing the pilot for back with the HMS Daring. And uh, lots of helicopters in the air, lots to be seen. But unfortunately, I had to bug out where we were and come back to Melbourne. So I got to see the F-18 handling demo on the tiny screen in the seat in front of me on my Virgin aircraft as we waited to push back and head out.
0: Mm, Fantastic. And uh, I should mention too, Grant, of all, navies that were here uh, for our American listeners the USS Chosen was here yes. uh, as part of the uh, festivities and uh, boy I tell you what I would love to have been up there and uh, Sydney certainly turned on some great weather which is uh, fantastic I can't even pick on Sydney weather this time so well done Sydney uh, fantastic job now Grant uh, just as an aside you said you flew Virgin and a first for you you flew on one of the jungle
1: jets that's right mate I got a flight on an Embraer E 190 wasn't really expecting that because uh, quite often on the Melbourne to Sydney run being part of the golden triangle of the uh, Melbourne Sydney Brisbane route Uh, normally you've got 737s or Qantas runs 767s especially at the high uh, peak period during the days but this was on a Friday at about uh, 11 o'clock we left so obviously not that many people going so better to have a packed out E190 than a two thirds filled uh, 737 you get much better bang for your buck as the airline if you do it that way and uh, yeah a lot of fun to be on the E190 the seats were roughly about the same size in terms of uh, capacity and dimensions and on as the ones on the 737 but hey there was no middle seat so you're either an aisle or a window it, it loaded pretty quickly uh, it, it really is like honey i shrunk the 737 uh but quite a steep deck angle on approach um really flies itself down and then flares just at the end so uh yeah it was a it was a really good flight uh, rock solid uh, there wasn't a lot of turbulence going uh, up to Sydney. Coming back the next day there was a bit here and there but uh, on the whole it was all pretty good. Now uh, there's been a reasonable amount
0: of aviation news going on besides uh, all of the uh, you know, festivities up there in Sydney with the International Fleet Review but Grant uh, one here concerns Kassar and a report's come out uh, regarding uh, a crash that occurred back on August 31st 2008 where uh, two people were uh, killed and that was in a Yak aircraft I believe and uh, it looks like there's been some questions right Raised here about CASA's uh, ability to investigate people, particularly with regard to this pilot, Barry Hempel, who was one of the people named in the report who was killed along with his passenger Ian Lovell. Uh, it seems that Mr. Hempel, mm, well, a report suggesting here that uh, perhaps he shouldn't have
1: been in that aircraft at all. Well, that's correct, mate. Uh, the coroner up in Queensland has uh, released his report into the accident and he is very damning of CASA. He's very, very upset with them. Basically, it turns out that Barry Hempel uh, had been experiencing epileptic fits since he uh, was hit on the head by a hangar door in 2001. He's also found that uh, Hempel, apparently according to the coroner, gave the impression of a man who believed he was above the law. Uh, he had more than 28,000 flying hours and uh, numerous uh, instances of being disciplined by CASA. apparently. But uh, the, the kicker was that CASA apparently knew that he'd had these epileptic seizures. They had not re- referred that to a neurologist who examined Hempel. Uh, the neurologist uh, was only given the information supplied by Hempel himself, and uh, then they also knew that he should not have been carrying a paying passenger because apparently his he himself or his operation, it's not 100% clear, uh, was not licensed to be carrying passengers for hire on joy flights. So, yeah, a lot of bad information there, and it, it's got a lot of us just totally stumped given how CASA can suspend people at a whim, and there's plenty of stories of CASA uh, pulling people's medicals for almost nothing, or somebody has a, a valid problem, but they get it resolved, everything's good, but CASA won't give them their medical back. Uh, and here's the situation where, according to the coroner, CASA knew that Hempel had epileptic seizures, and they also knew he was flying, paying passengers when he shouldn't have been, and they did nothing about it. Uh, my mind's boggling. If this is all correct, then Cassa's in deep trouble because they have a reputation of throwing their weight around, and clearly here, they totally ignored some very serious information.
0: Yes, this report's been uh, issued by Queensland's coroner, John Hutton, and this article we find here actually in the and And it says here that the coroner uh, is quoted as saying, Cassa was well aware that Mr. Hamper was a pilot who flew with total disregard for safety regulations and goes on to say that surely even with a private pilot's licence, there was a risk that he would breach a safety regulation that could place in peril any private passengers, other planes and indeed people below his flight path. Uh, In the case of the incident on August 31, 2008, the only fortunate aspect was that the Yak landed in the open sea rather than on houses or on roads where many other people could have been killed. Now, it's interesting if he's been flying around for profit with a private pilot's licence if that's indeed what he was doing because uh, that's a big, big no-no. You can't charge people with a private pilot's licence for your services as a pilot, as uh, we all know as pilots. And I'll tell you what, Grant, uh, along with a few other Senate inquiries that have come out recently, CASA has certainly been in the spotlight and for all the wrong reasons and uh, as much as we would like to uh, get out there and have some good news stories about our our regulator here, and I'm sure there are plenty, uh, this sort of stuff doesn't play well for them and uh, CASA at the moment has declined to uh, respond uh, publicly. Uh, In the media, a spokesman for CASA said uh, during the week that the agency would respond to the judgment after it had been studied properly. So I guess uh, we'll look forward to seeing uh, what they say there, Grant. Uh, Mm -hmm. As you said, uh, I could uh, point to a number of situations that I know personally of uh, friends of mine who are pilots who've had their medicals pulled for a heck of a lot less than uh, things such as epilepsy. So there you go. Yeah, it's... Enough uh, said about
1: that. <laughs> it's pretty full on, mate. Uh, I'm I'm just gobsmacked, and I'm really going to be watching to see what comes out of this one, as are a number of others.
0: Well, that's everything we have for you on this week's Australia Desk, and as we sign off... Now, listen here, Vanderhoof, I heard that comment you made about Australians stealing all the world's sports and making our own sports, and even if that is true, did they mention the yachting, Grant? They did mention the yachting, didn't they? The oh, America's they? Cup yachts? Oh, oh I, I think wow. the American team. I think the American team won it this year and, and beat, the, beat the Kiwis, but sorry, uh, Grant, Grant, did you, did you hear... The, the accent of the skipper of that boat?
1: Oh, it's truth, mate. He didn't half sound non-American. Did I, did? I Now, I thought
0: he was from Oklahoma. No. Really, you're saying he's from Melbourne. Only Oklahoma if it's a suburb of Melbourne. <laughs> well, it could be. Well, maybe he's from Montana or something. Who knows?
1: Uh, mate, I tell you what. Yeah, it's getting really, really hard to point the finger because I do remember sitting there chatting with my brother-in-law, who's an avid yachty, and he said there were more Kiwis on the American team than in the um, Kiwi team, plus a whole lot of Aussies. So, I think there might have been one token yank in the american team very hard to tell and i mean you know it's it's getting to be a little bit of a joke the america's cup honestly
0: and we still have we we still have better football than the americans so there you go The great controversy here on the australia desk until next week i'm steve Vischer. if david right. doesn't
1: kill me yeah if they allow us back on i'll chat to you then i'm grant <laughs> cheers folks <laughs> bye now.